Um, hey, girls. Hey, it's Marcus G. And this is the OMG podcast. Uh, first of all, I want to thank everybody for listening last week. We uh, worked really hard on that episode and it was a lot of fun recording it. So I'm glad you all guys all got to hear it um, and give me some of your feedback. I appreciate that. This week we have with us Dr. Brian Carroll. He is the chair of the comm department. Did I say that right? Yep. Right. Okay. Yep. Yeah. I'm always afraid I get titles wrong and you also kind of make me a little nervous. Um, so if I'm tense, that's why, <laughs> but, uh, Dr. Carroll is here and he's great. Um, a little bit later on, we're going to be talking about Colin Kaepernick and kneeling, which, uh, I'm sure some people have forgotten about and that kind of makes you trash. Uh, that's got to stay on your mind and we got to talk about that. But anyway, so first what we'll do is we'll just go ahead and get to some of the news. Um, so I was going to talk about something with the Weinstein company, but he's already trash and we know that and there's not much to discuss on it except um, the New York Attorney General is actually suing the company. They were trying to sell it and they're suing the company, which is going to stop that sale. And they're saying that they knew about a lot of the abuse and allegations uh, that was going on. Uh, one woman even actually complained to Human Resources and they sent that email that she sent to them to Harvey Weinstein, which I thought that was insane and completely inappropriate and against so many laws but they did it anyway um so that makes them trash as well and then oh my god this was really weird too at one point he instructed like his assistants to inject him with erectile dysfunction medicine which i don't even know i barely um can do anything when my boss asked me to send an email i get stressed at that um and somebody actually had to inject this man with erectile dysfunction medicine so that is disgusting but i think this is good i think it is good that he's being sued because um it's kind of falling along with this culture that we're getting into now where we're calling this kind of crap out which i think is really really good um so yeah that's good uh the next thing i want to talk about is betsy devos is also uh being her usual annoying self so the education department is no longer investigating transgender bathroom issues which kind of sucks um she was already kind of doing a terrible job uh when she first got in because she doesn't know anything. Oh, you can also chime in whenever you want, Dr. Carroll. I feel like I've just been talking. I'm agreeing so far. Okay, good. <laughs> um, so she's already been kind of crappy from the get from the get go, just because she did not know anything. But now they are no longer taking any complaints from any transgender students um, in any you know schools when schools are like, well, you can't use this bathroom, even though that's what they um, identify with. So I know this seems like something that would just be small and not a big of a deal, but it starts with little things like this. It starts with, well, you can't go to the bathroom that you want to go to. Um, And trans people are already being murdered at much higher rates than anybody else. Um, And it's also already not being covered. So uh, this is just, I feel like the first step and something really, really bad. So that's definitely something that I think people need to get passionate about and need to start speaking up a little bit more about, a lot more about too, because I feel like whether you quote unquote get it or don't get it, which like I said last week, you don't, you, you don't have to, there's nothing to get when it comes to a person's life, but whether you get it or not, at the end of the day, it is still a human being who um, deserves you know, some basic respect. So I think that's stupid. Um, Betsy DeVos needs to go away. Um, this one is kind of sad. It's about a dog who died. Um, oh, I feel like everything I'm talking about is super sad today. Wow. Uh, I've been clicking my pen. Um, sorry, y'all. <laughs> um, it's about this dog, but he went out a hero, y'all. Um, he was traveling with his family. They were in the woods and this black bear came out of nowhere. And he stayed and defended the family against the bear while everyone else ran to safety. And he later succumbed to his um, injuries. His name is Pete. Um, And I just want to give a quick shout out to Pete here on the show and let him know that we are thinking of him in this time. All dogs are pure. No dog deserves anything bad, let alone to be murdered by a bear. I I disagree. All dogs are not pure. 
Dr. Carol, this is my show. Um, <laughs> and we <laughs> will respect. On this show, dogs are pure. Ex- in the, on this show, in this home, in this life, right. okay? We respect all dogs here. There's okay. not a single one of them that are not good. If they're not good, it's because man taught them to not be good, okay? They, they didn't just come out that way. All dogs come out pure, and I know you've seen the movie. Okay. They all go to heaven, too. You're you're living in a fantasy world, you know that, but that's okay. That we'll just we'll just roll with it. Is there something you want to say to me, Doctor Carol? Um, I don't understand what you're saying right now. Well, Did I you... just know that my daughter moved recently uh-huh. and took the dog, okay. and that life has been a lot better. Maybe if something was you, have then. you done but, some well, self-reflection been, on this? I've not been attacked by any black bears, so that might be the well. Now you're going to be without factor. You're going to be without the protection you need. Well, the dog lost. I think in your story. Um, but he fought valiantly, and nobody else got hurt. He did what he could. Are you gonna disrespect disrespect Pete on this show as well? <laughs> no, Pete is obviously our hero. Yes. Way to go, Pete. That was facetious. Good I didn't job, believe buddy. that. I did not believe that from you. Uh, we'll talk about that. Please continue afterwards. Um, my next thing I want to talk about is we are priming ourselves for a robot takeover. Um, and I don't think anybody's paying attention, and I feel like we should be. So there was some these robots who had their own Olympics outside of Pyeongchang this past week. Um, and y'all, they were skating and all types of things. And I was like, wow, there are really robots out here doing real human things. And I don't know if y'all have seen these other uh, robots from the um, what's it called? Boston Robotics. Have y'all seen the videos of the little, th- they look like dogs and they're like walking around and they're doing all types of things. Uh, the other day I saw one open a door for another robot and I was like, that's crazy. But then there's another video where the researchers are like knocking the robot over. He keeps getting back up and right now they don't have emotions and whatnot, but we're getting closer and closer and closer. Yeah, because I heard one of them has a podcast and, he, and it's this, <gasps> this robot just sits there and goes through the news only what? with like a slight twist. What? You know, like, yeah, like what's bad and what's trash and like that. And it just does the whole show. So maybe, so, I don't know. Is this a thinly veiled attempt to insult Someday me? we might not be able to tell. Dr. Carroll, um, you know, <laughs> my feelings are What's hurt. a real <laughs> podcast? What do you, is there anything you want to say, Dr. Carroll? No, I, this is what Are I, you sure? I read this somewhere. Where? Yeah, it was in the in mm-hmm. the magazine. You don't have a thing. You made that the up. Doctor's office. You know what? <laughs> Write me a letter, okay? If you feel that badly about it. <laughs> anyway, um, the robot a apocalypse. Letter. It, a, a letter. A letter. Like, yeah. Like an envelope. Mm-hmm. Because I'm never gonna open it, and I'm I gonna throw my, it in the fire. I think my blacksmith still has some stationery I could use. Okay, I'll do that. You know what? I don't even know where to go from there. Um, Please. Anyway. We're talking about robots. The robot apocalypse is coming. Dr. Kara clearly does not believe it, but I do. No, Um, I do. There'll be Chinese robots. What are you even saying? These robots have no nationality. Front page of the New York Times. The Chinese are way ahead of us on AI. Okay, well then maybe they will be the first ones to take over. Combine AI with robotics, and there's really no need for us anymore. Chinese, American, Bolivian, it does not matter. They're all robots, and they're all going to take over. And we're and you know what? A lot of y'all have this this like Alexa thing in your home. The thing's always on. Okay, it's evil. And granted, the government is listening to us anyway, but they're really listening to you if you have this Alexa in your home. So I'm worried about all of y'all. I will never go kill yourself. (gasps) Why would you say that to her? She won't really die. Okay, I mean. But she's just doing what she's programmed to do. You don't have to talk to her that way. <laughs> All right. The the robots I'm talking about, they will ha- have full autonomy and they will do what they want to do. Alexa is just doing her job. They are much like dogs. All robots are born That's a good. good. Point, actually. And then man, he said makes all robots are born them. good. It's yeah. like dogs. It's mankind that That's comes along and, and womankind. That's literally what I that just turns said. Turns them evil. Dr. Carol. 
I Go just ahead, said please. those things. Are you sure? Are you huh? done? <laughs> You're interrupting me. Uh, you interrupted me. <laughs> I'm just, I'm uh, just joking. Okay. Ahead, um, what else next thing, straight men are on alert. I read this article <laughs> from this thing called Mail Magazine. Mail M E L. It was written by the journalist Amanda Mull. So she interviewed these men and was like, um, "What's your skin?" First, I don't know why she decided to write an article about what their skincare is, but she did. Um, and they had some very interesting answers. One man said, um, I don't actually wash my face. I just wash like the sides of my nose with bar soap. Another man said, sometimes he'll use hand soap or dish soap, just depending on where he is. Um, that's stupid. That is stupid for a lot of reasons. First of all, there are a lot of things out there to which, with which you can wash your face. But this man said he puts dish soap on his face. Now, I don't know, know if y'all know much about skincare. It's just You're soap. looking at No, it's not, Dr. Carroll. There are so many different types it's of soap. It's concentrated. That's much too harsh for your face. I, You're going to dry your skin out. I guess if you did it all the time. He needs to. Well, I'm assuming he is. I think men in proximity to dishwashing soap is a good first step. Yes, I'm glad we're getting there as a culture. I'm glad we're moving. It's Valentine's Day. But in some maybe, cultures, men washing dishes that's mm-hmm. that could be foreplay. I'm well, just saying. What? In some cultures. Oh my God, that is the grossest like thing I've ours, ever heard. I can't believe you just said true. that on this show. It's true. Um, well, viewers, I do not condone that as foreplay. Please do not listen to what Dr. Carroll just said. Um, it's gross, okay? Do not use hand soap or dish soap on your face. You're going to dry your skin out. Um, I didn't mean that was foreplay. I, that, that's just cleaning yourself. <laughs> I know. You meant be, them washing just dishes. Just to be clear. Yeah, yeah right, no. Exactly. Either way, I disagree Vacuuming. with what you're saying. Right. Um, and this also makes me want I know a boy who uses a four-in-one uh, body wash, which I didn't even know they could pack that many things into a body wash. So, so it's a face wash. Yeah, face wash. Shampoo, I guess conditioner and body exfoliator? wash. No, see, no, none of those things. But you can't use the same type of stuff that you would use for, you know, per se, like in your hair that you would on your face. You know what I mean? Apparently, you can. Well, you because... shouldn't, um, because it's gonna dry you out. It's gonna hurt your skin. It's not good for your skin. You don't even you just you're just agreeing with me. You don't I even am, care. I'm just yeah. Oh my god. I want you to have some autonomy in this discussion. I think it's better than not cleaning at all. Well, yeah. Well, one man in there said, "I don't wash my face at all." So, I guess you're right that is better, but we need to do better with this low bar we've set. If just simply washing your face is better, we've got to do better. Okay. I think for the, yeah, I think that, I I think in a lot of ways we just set a low bar. Yeah. So you called me a robot earlier. I'm still very no. Very I stuck didn't. On that. I, yeah, you did. I said no, it's you quite possible that I'm a robot. No, I, that's. I. I'm you guys sorry, remember that show, My Life as a Teenage Robot, with XJ9? I loved that show so much. I'm gonna go watch it when I go home. So you're saying that robots are your heroes? No, 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 no. That's not. I keep clicking the pen. Um, that's not what I said at all. Please don't put words in my mouth. Sounds I will like sue you, you for defamation and or libel. And now you're gonna give me what the correct definition of that it is because that be, was not it. Well, it have to be false for you to win. Okay. Well, they're not my heroes. Prove got, it. You have but, to prove it. Okay. I don't have to prove it. Well, the burden I've, of proof is on you. I've slandered robots very much in the I last couple minutes. I have one, two, minutes. three, four, five, six witnesses. Who heard that, me slander robots? That they're your heroes. That, what, this is recorded, okay? <laughs> People can go back and listen and know that that's not true. Uh huh. <laughs> Anybody? <gasps> Why? Ooh, oh, my there God. You go. Okay, there well, you go. I'm being betrayed by my own staff. And. Um, te- and <laughs> I feel attacked. Um, well, if he cuts it out, you'd be being betrayed by technology, which for a robot would be ironic. Which goes back to my original argument. They're going to take over. 
I just no, y'all aren't listening. And in 20 years, when you're uh, being enslaved to the robot overlords, I want you to give me a call. Well, you can't give me a call because it'll be on another robot, another tiny robot. So send me a letter, <laughs> and I'll feel vindicated. Thank you. Um, this other one's small. Have y'all seen this wax figure of Beyonce at the Niagara Falls? Mm, don't even bother. Never mind. We don't even have to talk about it. Um, yeah, but it sounded like it had so much potential. It did. Well, because it's terrible. It is a t- they people cannot capture Beyonce's likeness in wax figures, which makes sense because she's so darn beautiful. How could you? But these attempts are terrible. They make first of all, they make they make her white. They make her white every single time. Um, and I don't know if y'all know. I just don't know if the world knows. But Beyonce isn't white. If she was, then cool. We can make the figures like that. But she's not, and they do, and it's so bad. They get her nose wrong. They get everything wrong. But we don't have to talk about it, well, even though given, we just talked about it. Given how many different things she can do so well, there's a high probability that she's a robot. You watch your mouth, okay? You watch your mouth, and you watch it now. <laughs> there are two types of slander I don't allow in my. Well, there's a lot of slander I don't allow, but there are definitely. <gasps> I just hit the mic and hit myself in the mouth. Um, <laughs> there are two types of slander I simply do not allow. One, dogs. Two, Beyonce. Um, and not necessarily in that order. Just depending today, on how. Huh? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. You're really grinding my gears. Okay. All right. All right. You have got to stop. Do you hear me? Do, I need a verbal odd thing to say to your guest, but huh? But I'll stop. I mean, this is my space, okay? <laughs> Out there, you control my space. How nineteen ninety seven? What MySpace? That was was that was was MySpace out ninety seven? Yeah. No, it wasn't. Yeah. It's you were born in ni- I was born in ninety six. Why did I react to that? <laughs> I'm like I was like I'm so much older than you, y'all. I was at this um meeting the other day with a bunch of people who were no more than like 25, maybe 26, and all they could go on about was how old they were. But that's not old at all. Like, am I, was, do you agree with that? That's not an old, first well, of all, age me, is a state I, of mind. I'll tell you what old is, okay? okay. I you, was running last night on at Barron Stadium, Okay. all right? AstroTurf, and there's this giant logo that okay. says AstroTurf. Okay. 1965, that's when AstroTurf was invented for the Houston Astrodome, that's okay. why it's AstroTurf. And that's my birth year. So okay. I, as I'm running around the track, try, you know, and you know why older people run? They're running from death, essentially. Oh. So wow. I'm running hey, from hey, death. Hey, well, hey, no, keep it light. Listen, my no, this word. is not light. This is serious. <laughs> so I'm running around this track, running from death, and I think, oh my gosh, I'm as old as grass because mm-hmm. it's right there. It says it. You know, now artificial grass mm-hmm. maybe, but still, but grass I'm as old as this grass. Wow. Wow, I was right. That was profound. It was, well, it was sad. Wow. Um. But then I ran to the bakery and got my wife lots of Valentine treats, and so it—that's the happy ending. That's sweet. That'll yeah. inject some youth back it in your life. Quite like, literally sweet. Yes. I don't know what you want me to say to any of that. Nothing. Um, I'm just, I'm just, I'm supporting you, and okay. that 25 is not old. Okay. Well, as long as you got to get that off your chest, this is a place of healing. This is a safe space. Um, so I'm glad you got to talk about that. But age is a state of mind, um, which I say now, but I bet when I'm 50, I'll go, age is real. Um, age is definitely real. But, okay, yeah, uh, that's it for the news. There wasn't much happening pop culture-wise, which I guess um, is why we didn't cover that much. Um, I need celebrities to get on some other stuff. I need them to do some interesting things um, in the upcoming weeks. But all right, um, now we're going to move on to questions. You guys actually sent in a fair amount of questions this week, a lot of questions, and they're all really, really good. Okay, uh, why is my phone working? So let's see. <laughs> One of them says, may God help us through this eyewitness class. I'm taking a eyewitness and memory class, and it sucks ass, y'all. It is the w- – oh, sorry, Dr. Carroll. Um, I don't teach it. Oh, you wouldn't, I thought, 
you would object to me saying ass. Oh no! Oh good, good, good. Um, it sucks ass. It's terrible. <laughs> it is so boring. Um, the teacher has no idea what she's doing. It's so disorganized. It really, really makes me unhappy. I wish I could take. I wish I could get out of it, but I can't. But that's okay. Um, oh my God, this one was <laughs> one of them was. It says, "What are your thoughts on the Israel-Palestine situation? And do you agree with the comparisons made with the South African apartheid? And do you believe in the two-state solution?" And to that, I say, I have no idea what you're talking. I, mean, I know what you're talking about, obviously, but I do not have the answers you're looking for. And then the second question onto that question was, "If you built a fort out of ice cream in Antarctica, how long would it last?" Now, in theory, forever, right? It's ice cream. It, it needs to be frozen. It could last a very, very, very long time. Um, somebody asked me about Lady Doritos. I will not even give it the time of day. Um, okay, this one says, my roommate is kind of wrecking her friendship in favor of a new relationship. It's not even official yet. I feel like I could say something, but it might not be my place at this point. What do you think I should do? Uh, my policy is always mind your business. Um, <laughs> if it does not involve you, don't say anything. But I don't really live by that, um, so I don't know why I said it's my policy. I'm only ever in everybody else's business because um, I'm a nosy bitch, but that's just who I am. But, yeah, um, I say talk to her if you feel like, you know, you guys are comfortable enough and she would respect that, unless you guys are, like, new roommates or something like that. But if you feel like your relationship is on that level, then I definitely would speak to her and just say, hey, sis, um, you know what I mean? It's just some boy. Don't throw all this away. You've got good friendships over here type thing. But also, um, sometimes people have to learn on their own, so she might just have to – Go through that. Can or I make he a or suggestion? she. Yes, please. She should tell her roommate to listen to this podcast. Mm -hmm. Then the roommate hears what you just said. And then she doesn't necessarily her. say, well, that, that might be me, but yeah. it might not be me. So there's like safe Isn't it like distance there. Like and then everybody's happy. Yeah. So um, tell your roommate to give us a listen and maybe she'll, maybe she'll be responsive to this and hear what she needs to hear. Um, so, yeah, I say talk to her if you feel like, um, you know, everything is comfortable enough. How do you get over a breakup? Y'all ask a lot of love questions. Y'all do a know. fort out I'm, of ice cream oh and God. then you eat it. <laughs> that is the perfect answer to that. Um, also, y'all, I'm not like a love therapist or anything. Um, I'm not qualified. I'd be happy to answer them. But I really, maybe y'all, I don't know if y'all should listen to me on this one. But it says, how do you get over a breakup when you know the guy wasn't good enough for you? You just answered your own question. Um, you already said he wasn't good enough for you. So keep it moving. Um, there are there's, there's so many people out there. And also, don't be so focused on dating. You do not have to be dating somebody. Y'all get on my last nerves with that. By y'all, I mean the world. Um, y'all get on my last nerves with that mess. You do not have to be dating someone. Get over it. It does not even sound like it's all that fun. No shade to the people dating somebody in here. Um, it doesn't sound like it's all that darn fun. So let it go. Do something else. Get a hobby. Read a book. Watch a TV show. I don't know. Go volunteer somewhere. Do something. Let it go. <sighs> Anyway, I clearly had something to say about that. What is your biggest pet peeve? Hmm. You have a pet peeve, Dr. Carroll? Oh, man. Mm. <laughs> Go ahead and let us know. People who click their pen just repeatedly. You <laughs> have shaded me <laughs> one too many times on this show. And In it's your been defense, like 20 a minutes. A robot wouldn't do that. Why do you keep bringing them up? No, Are you a I robot? Was, Are you working you. for the I'm robot? Helping you. No, you're not. <laughs> okay, I don't think so. I think you're attacking me <laughs> um, with thinly veiled critiques. Uh, another pet peeve would be, uh, you know, people who say they've been victimized when nothing happened. Joking. Dr. So a Carol, robot would do that to you. I would get up. Another. Do pet you want to do this? Do you? We can rename the whole thing uh, the Dr. Carol Show, <laughs> and I can go away. No, no. You sure? 
Please you can continue. have it. I don't. I, do you sure? Please continue. You positive? Okay. Uh, my biggest pet peeve, Doctor Carol. Um, just <laughs> kidding. Um, uh, my biggest pet peeve <laughs> is. I did that in like twenty minutes too, right? How long have I been here? Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it. It it takes very little to get under my skin. I am very easily irritated. <laughs> um, I'm volatile. I, I will admit that. I am emotional, and it does not take much to irritate me. But that also increases – not you. I would never hit you. Um, but that also does increase your chances of getting hit. You know what I mean? I will be quick to hit somebody. Violence is not the answer unless I decide it's the answer in that moment. <laughs> Um, so don't play with me. would be contradictions. That I'm, um, that's me. That is who I am in a nutshell. I am one big contradiction. I don't make sense. I spend a lot of time thinking about it. Um, but I think I'm great, so it doesn't matter. Um, you know what? Do I have a pet peeve? I've got plenty. I hate everything, so I don't know why. I can't think of something in this moment. Um, I do hate when – I. Mm, this makes me really mad. People – especially here at Bear, are involved in so many different things and they have so many different passions. They get so excited about it. But people dismiss those kind of things a lot, which I think it's sad. But I don't think enough people are out here encouraging each other to do different things. And I feel like I encourage people a lot. And sometimes I feel like it might come off as fake. But it's just because I really, really do want to encourage you. So I feel like I do it like over the top and they might be like, wow, he's being fake. He doesn't really mean this. But no, I do. So if you're listening to this and I've ever gone on a five minute rant about how amazing I think you are, please know I meant it um, because it came from the heart because I think we should encourage people more. <sighs> okay. Um, you have anything else, Dr. Carroll? On pet peeves? Uh, yeah, I guess. No. Okay. Good. All right. Well, now we are going to move into the reason uh, Dr. Carroll is here today. Dr. Carroll wants to talk about Colin Kaepernick and kneeling, and I guess, you know, some things in relation to that. So is there some place you want to start with that, or I can recap kind of what all that is? Well, uh, just a cold start like that. Okay, we yeah. can do that. That's fine. Mm -hmm. um, I don't know what I'm doing, so yeah. Well, yeah, I'll say it's a it's a project that I'm working on right now. Uh, it'll be a chapter in a book on uh, oh. sports and the spectacle. You're writing and a book. And so the, the whole idea of the spectacle um, is an interesting one that we just had our probably preeminent moment of the spectacle in American mm -hmm. life, which was the Super Bowl. And uh, so as part of that, so the Super Bowl capped a, an NFL season in which viewership was down 7%. Mm -hmm. Um, and part of that was the continuing drama over uh, so many things. Mm -hmm. You know, we'd, I'd like to say it's a drama about what Colin Kaepernick first took a knee to bring attention to, which is uh, racial profiling um, and uh, the mistreatment of mostly black men by mostly white police. And so Kaepernick was trying to draw attention to that and to have a, a conversation about that nationally and notice how quickly it devolved into something else. Mm -hmm. So that's part of what I'll be writing about is, you know, every appearance is a disappearance. Mm -hmm. So when we have the appearance of things like, um, you know, Trump steps in and says the son's a bitch, son's a, like, the son of a bitch who doesn't stand for mm -hmm. the national should be fired. Mm -hmm. Then now suddenly we've got a debate about that, about uh, what's appropriate or not appropriate during the national anthem, mm -hmm. which is all fine and good, except that it disappeared the more important debate mm -hmm. about uh, social injustice as it mm -hmm. relates to law enforcement in this country. And I will say I was surprised by how long this played out and how much it is kind of still a part of the national conversation, because a lot of times people will be upset about something 
and then after a week or two it kind of moves forward like prime example recently was um offset from the migos i don't know if you know who those are dr carol the um, who uh, the migos they're a rap group and one of them in it is named Offset. I know this is kind of a, we're not on topic, but just an example of what I was talking about. Uh, he made some homophobic comments and everybody was all upset and blah, blah, blah. And we're not buying their music anymore, this and that. Then they released an album and the next week it was number one. So to me, that was an example of everyone said, you know, we're not supporting them anymore. He's saying all these terrible things. And it wasn't the first time they had said something homophobic. Um, and everyone was, you know, we're not going to give them our money, but they have a number one album. So I think that was an example of how quickly we'll be upset about something and get over it. So that's what shocked me about the Kaepernick situation was how long it stayed a part of the yeah, national conversation. Yeah, I guess. And I think that's true, but it's changed so many times. Mm-hmm. Um but yeah, I would agree that it's amazing that now over the course of two seasons, mm-hmm. the NFL has been grappling with uh, a bundle of issues mm-hmm. that began with um, him trying to draw attention to the issue for him. Um, but so many things have been lost along the way. Yeah. So he started all this in August of 2016 by sitting. And the long snapper for the Seattle Seahawks, uh, whose name escapes me at the moment, uh, but a former Green Beret uh, had a conversation with Kaepernick after that action and said, you know, when uh, when a Green Beret goes down, we kneel at their grave site whenever mm-hmm. we're in the presence of that grave. What if you took a knee? What if you kneeled? Mm-hmm. You'd be showing respect to, to people sacrificing their lives in the armed forces, um, but at the same time not standing, not doing the, the orthodox, mm-hmm. you know, uh, lockstep, ritual of standing for the national anthem so that's what he started to do well that got lost mm-hmm. that that whole gesture um was lost um, and i think that's what that's what showed me that the people who are upset about this they're not actually upset they don't actually care about the anthem you know what i mean they're not thinking well they think they're actually talking about the anthem but i think their issue really is the fact that this black man was bold enough to say okay no i don't want to do this you know what i mean that he was bold enough to say i'm going to bring attention to this issue because that what he did came at the direction of someone in the military, but they wouldn't look, you know, that deep into how this started and how this whole thing, you know, began. They're only going to see he's this black man saying, you know what, racism is still in America and that's all they hear. So then they make, they make it into this big patriotic issue. I don't even think it gets that far. I think it's simply, uh, you know, not doing what everybody else is doing Mm -hmm. in a ritual in the NFL that, that really began Here's another thing that's been lost along the way. In 2009, so NFL players have only been participating in public view for the national anthem since 2009. Mm-hmm. That's eight years after 9/11. Yeah. Um, and but you know, so quickly it's been sacralized. It's been made a sacred mm-hmm. ritual. And that's another thing that I'm writing about for this chapter is how much professional sports has displaced religion in America. Uh, the things that we used to look to religion for we now look to professional sports. See, and I, I, cause I don't engage with sports at all, um, except I go to some soccer games. But other than that, so I, I think you're enlightening me on a lot of, cause I, I don't look to sports, you know what I mean? For any religious uh, marker or any way, shape or form. So I didn't know that people were doing that. I guess, so I guess I'm interested to see what you say further on that, but. Yeah, well, we, today I mentioned to the the gang here that today is uh, pitchers and catchers reporting to spring training, and the crossover between, in particular, baseball and religion is rather conspicuous. Uh, and the other day in class, we did the Winona Carr song, uh, "Life Is a Ball Game." 
Life is a ball game. It's related to sports. First base I don't know. is temptation. <laughs> Never heard it in my life. Second base is sin. Third base is tribulation. We're getting a live performance. But third base or home plate you are in. From Dr. Carroll. So yeah, I mean, but that's true. It's it's a metaphor for uh, redemption. You you set out on this Odyssean voyage, um, take great risks moving across the bases, all in an effort simply to come home, to be redeemed, to be saved. And uh, we you know, I, I do this too, referring to our ballparks for which we have such great reverence as cathedrals. They become sort of uh, temples. And there's this great word called hierophany, which is the piercing of the mundane and human by the divine. And so uh, for me, it's th- my first time at Camden Yards in Baltimore to see an Orioles game. It was the third year of the, uh, the, bo- the then new ballpark's existence. And it was p- the, the start of the new wave of downtown ballparks with a lot of character. And so when me and my buddy went there, we we're walking down the outfield wall, which is the old B&O warehouse. We turned the corner. There are the most vivid yellow foul poles stretching to the heavens, the lushest, greenest grass I've ever seen in my life, smoke billowing out of Boog's Barbecue, the Coca-Cola sign in the vividest red, the blue sky, the smells. I cried. I mean, it was just beyond beautiful. It was transcendent. It was a moment of... God touching earth for just a second. And the fact that that could happen at a baseball game. Yeah, that was beautiful. Um, what? At a baseball game? Yeah. Yeah, and I'm not weird. This is a lot of us. Uh, and for me, it's baseball. For others, you know, the Super Bowl has these sort of transcendent moments or features. Um, but anyway, so all of this is simply to say that uh, the stakes are quite high. When mm-hmm. someone says, no, I'm going to get out of line. I'm going to not do the thing that everyone is supposed to do out of respect for the flag to, for whatever reason, mm-hmm. to dr- in this case, to draw attention to social injustice, mm-hmm. specifically in law enforcement. That's, that's profane. That is vulgar. That is unacceptable. Mm-hmm. Um, that would not be the case if it was just a ball game. So... Uh, that's important, I think, for us to, to note that. Um, but this is, as I mentioned to you earlier, this is in a long tradition of athletes of color go, uh, taking great risks to, do, to make statements that were totally misunderstood in the moment, but that in, as history passes, as time gives us some safety to look back and say, wait a minute, they, that was something that needed to be mm-hmm. said. That was something that needed to be done. Mm-hmm. So uh, and that's something that I feel not bad about. But it's like you said, one, he's one in a long line of people who have yeah. done this. And he happens to live in a time to where he knows he's getting the support that he needs for this. But those other people, you know what I mean? Like, that's did, a great like, point. Absolutely. They, like, I think it sucks that they had to die, you know, fighting these battles and not getting any of the vindication yeah, and no, that's a great acceptance, point. you know, that they deserved. So I, I hope I, one thing I am glad about him doing it is one, like you said, yeah, it does start conversation, but two that he is getting the chance to see in real life, the impact that mm-hmm. he's made on people, that people come up to him and say, you know, I appreciate what you've done. Or, you know, my son thinks this, my daughter thinks that in a positive way because of something that he's done. Right. And that goes back to your, your point about the rap group, because everything is so accelerated now. Our mm-hmm. attention spans are so much shorter. The attention that we can give, any one thing is so much briefer and so yes it makes sense that all of this is so much faster mm-hmm. that we're seeing it happen so much faster he's a multi-millionaire mm-hmm. so he yeah he, he is paying a price he he is 
filed a lawsuit against the NFL for collusion to keep him out of the NFL. His mm-hmm. stats are better than seven quarterbacks who played football for the mm-hmm. NFL last season. So, you know, it, it's it's not as clear-cut as some of the issues in the past. But history will look back at him and say, mm-hmm. man, that dude, he was a hero. Yeah. Because, And that's what I wanted to say really today more than anything was um, – Standing for the national anthem when hundreds of thousands of other people are standing for the national anthem, that is patriotic, and I respect that, and I do it myself. Mm-hmm. But that shouldn't exclude other expressions of patriotism. Mm-hmm. Taking a knee out of respect for people in the armed forces, but at the same time saying, please, let's talk about things that are fracturing in American life, that are tearing our society apart. Please, mm-hmm. let's talk about those things, too. Damn it, that's patriotic, too. Mm-hmm. That's that's as patriotic as standing there like a robot, mm-hmm. to go back to our earlier jokes, um, and Make just doing crazy. what you're supposed to do. Mm-hmm. And you're doing it what? You're saluting a flag that's that's supposed to represent what? If you filled in the blank, I think most of us, the very first thing we'd put in there is freedom. Mm-hmm. Well, that's ironic. The freedom to do what exactly? The freedom to express yourself, the freedom to express what you believe is right and good and true. Um well, isn't that what Kaepernick is doing? Mm-hmm. So aren't we right back to where we started? Mm-hmm. And then I think, and that goes back to what I was saying earlier. You know, their issue, when you really delineate it down, isn't with, you know, what am I trying to say? It's not with him kneeling per se. It's, I, or at least I think big picture theme is that they're like, we just don't want you to speak up about what's happening to you. And, you yeah, know, and uh, like, so like you said, like it's, he's being just as patriotic as somebody who is standing by saying, no, okay, I live in this country as well. These I'd things say are more happening. patriotic because, because he's doing that at great risk mm-hmm. and because he is being misunderstood. I don't know about you guys, but one of my greatest fears is being misunderstood. You know? Constantly misunderstood. Yeah, I mean, because it's hard enough when you're understood, but when people just don't get what you just said or did, and I don't have any desire in trying to get it, mm-hmm. it's game over. And yeah. that's a, that's how much of political life is that right now. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's a lot of it. It's most of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I think a lot of people also, they, especially when it comes to race, they're so uncomfortable to get into that discussion, and that's what he, re- that's what he represents to them. They're like, you know, well, let's keep this out of our football. Well, when you've got, you know, X number of black players who play in the NFL who were, you know, bringing in money to this organization, how come they aren't allowed to talk about the issues well, there you go. that there, affect them? Oh, that's the huge disconnect. See, yeah. if Colin Kaepernick could just put himself in the shoes, it, this is the problem. He hasn't, he hasn't related to the owners. Mm-hmm. I mean, if he could just put himself in the Italian leather shoes of these billionaire 80-year-olds, you know, if he could just spend a day in their private jets, mm-hmm. if he could just hang out in their luxury boxes for just a day Maybe and better it. understand and their like, world then this would all go away. Mm-hmm. And it's and and that goes back to what I was saying earlier about dismissal. To me, I see it as a dismissal of how he feels. So it can be something as small as, you know, you express you want to try a new hobby and someone's like, shut up, too, as big as, okay, I'm kneeling because I want to bring attention to this. And they're like, well, this is football. That's not what this is about, this and that, blah, blah, blah. You're dismissing that feeling again. And I feel like that just puts us right back at square one. So, I, again, I am glad that this is getting the attention it deserves because I feel like we're finally making progress yeah. on this yeah. type of Well, I would agree because, you know, the, the Eagles cap this incredible run uh, to the to the Super Bowl title, did they? I would have. They no did. Idea. They they beat the uh, they beat IBM, uh, the Don't Patriots. Know who those people are. And uh, my point here is that the Eagles have probably been the most progressive with respect to the issues that Kaepernick has brought up. So so I think his first name is Jeff. Last name is definitely Lurie, the owner of the Eagles, has been one of the drivers uh, along. Well, 
following the lead of Malcolm Jenkins, uh, a defender on that Eagles team that really has carried the flag forward for Kaepernick since Kaepernick's mm-hmm. no longer in the NFL um, and has uh, worked behind the scenes to set up some funds to fund these drives for um, social justice. Mm-hmm. Lurie has not only supported sort of tacitly with words, but has gotten involved himself, has put up money himself. Mm-hmm. So it's not game over yet. It's not score yet, but that's real progress. I think this stat is correct. $89 million. That sounds really high. That's probably wrong, but it, a significant amount of money mm-hmm. uh, devoted to these issues by the NFL because of Malcolm Jenkins and, and others. So do you think Kaepernick will ever play in the NFL again? You know, I, it doesn't look like it. And the longer that he's out, the, mm-hmm. the more of a risk it would be for anybody to bring him back in. Mm-hmm. Um, so I, it does, yeah, it does not look like it. Mm. Who, who was that guy? What was his name? I want to say Mizzou. I, again, I know nothing about football, but he came out. And it was this really, really big deal. And now I feel like you don't hear anything from oh, him. Oh, from the University of Missouri. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Sam, I think, is last name. Yeah. Um, Michael Sam. See, Does that sound right? Prime example. Here's someone who put themselves out there to make a point. Yeah. And we can't even, you know what I mean? Can't yeah, remember that, his name. Sure. Well, that that's an interesting case because he was good, but not like All super great, great awesome. Okay. Um, and there, and and history of the NFL is rife with those kinds of mm-hmm. of bubble players mm-hmm. who, for whatever reason, yeah. didn't I almost think what stick. Those two could accomplish if they got together. Because I know um, one big critique of the Black Lives Matter movement is, at least by other black people, is that it's not totally uh, intersectional. Uh, they do, especially, in, I, I have found a lot in the black community, a dismissal when it comes to like queer black people as if we just don't exist almost. So, you know, they'll be talking about the movement and then someone will bring in, you know, well, what about us? And they're like, well, we can't distract people with that. Let's focus on this first type thing. Um, which uh, another story I saw too, um, there's this Christian Facebook group. I don't know if you've heard about this, that is trying to like boycott black Panther. Um, they're like, it just doesn't fall in line with our values, blah, blah, blah. And it's being supported by a lot of black people. Um, and people are kind of like, what the black Panther, the movie. Okay. Yeah. The movie. Yeah. Oh, okay. Actually, you know what? I'm conflating two things right now. Well, I, but that's a uh, that's a great topic too, though. So, is it UPN that's got a black superhero series that just launched? CW, yeah, it used to be UPN, CW, yes. but yeah, uh, Black Lightning. Yeah, mm-hmm. and then now Black Panther is a major motion picture mm-hmm. with Chad Bozeman, who played Jackie Robinson in the mm-hmm. movie Forty Two. This is a moment yeah. in American life, yeah, because uh, being black and reading comic books not has not been terrific uh, for most of the history yeah. of comic books, and now all of a sudden. That's, we're so everywhere. it's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah, it's pretty mm-hmm. cool. And what, see, so that some people bring up, they were, um, they were saying how Black Panther didn't do anything. To, so the two uh, female leads who are part of the, I, I don't, I haven't read the Black Panther comics, but I guess like the fighting force that he has behind him, um, in the comic books they're written as queer, they're together. But in the movie, there was no mention of that. So people brought that up. And again, it got back into that conversation of, well, let's focus on the race of it all, and then we'll get into the queerness of it all. But it's like, those things can overlap, you know what I mean? Those things aren't mutually exclusive. They can go together as one. But I do think it is, I feel like if we ever always come back to everything with, I think a starting conversation, you know, at what point are we done talking and then do we get back into doing? And then I also get worried whenever something big like this happens, that it's just that, it's just a big moment and then we'll quickly go back Especially into. Especially pop culture Exactly. Yeah, so it's right. like, so 
I don't know. I'm, I hope more people, more and more people, I was just talking, I was interviewed earlier um, about something kind of in relation to this. I hope more and more people are actually putting their money where their mouth is when it comes to these kind of things, like people who support Kaepernick. Did you watch the NFL also, you know, all season? Uh, even if, if you said you were going to anyway, then whatever. But there were people who were like, well, I'm, we're not going to watch. We're not going to. And obviously some people didn't. They were down 7%. But, you know, if you said you weren't going to watch, then really don't well, watch actually, it. Don't I think, give money. In. I think the 7% down was uh, – you know, so-called, and I, I won't use that word so-called, I, you know, they're patriots too in their own ways, but people who are upset with what Kaepernick, Malcolm Jenkins, mm-hmm. Eric Reed, what those guys were doing, mm-hmm. and they didn't like the fact that the owners didn't, do you know, lockstep solidarity, mm-hmm. say, no, you will stand for the national land. They didn't like the what they perceived as wishy-washy mm-hmm. reactions by the owners. Mm-hmm. So then that makes, that makes me worried. Then, that's cause worse. It, cause, I mean, cause, yeah, because if worse. that's the 7% that left, what about everybody who was so upset? Well, and that's – were we almost out of time? I think what – okay, I think what what's the – a bottom line is the bottom line, mm-hmm. and that's that a lot of the reaction was uh, trying to preserve the NFL as a brand, mm-hmm. as a commercial entity. And so this disruption hurts the brand, mm-hmm. you know, and that's that gets everybody riled up yeah. um, on the you – know, from Roger Goodell down through the owners when you start messing with their – the gravy train. Mm-hmm. And uh, and th- so that seven percent is alarming, but nothing happens in this country until there's an economic price to be paid, and yeah, that's Jackie that's Robinson. That's that's everybody mm-hmm. all throughout history. You mentioned Black Panthers. I can bring it back together. Those two. You said I'm conflating. No, bring you're not back, conflating. Bring it, back, bring it back. Because you know what Kaepernick's been doing is in the tradition of Tommy Smith and John Carlos, who mm-hmm. raised the fist at the 1968 Olympics, mm-hmm. and. Uh, what th- this is a point I wanted to make. What's cropped out of that picture? What, what is the white guy who was there holding up his fist too, right? Well, no, he won't. Oh. No, that's well, the Australian well, who, we thank him who well. just <laughs> who won uh, silver and just died. And who? No, I'm sorry, it's John Carlos who just died, and it's the Australian who's one of the pallbearers mm-hmm. for John Carlos's yeah, I did see that. funeral. Yeah, it's so cool. No, it's the olive branch that's behind Tommy Smith's. Oh. You know, he's raising the fist, but mm-hmm. behind him is an olive branch. The f- the the gloved fist was perceived to be Black Panther, Black Power. Mm-hmm. That they never, that was never their intent. Mm-hmm. But we didn't have time as a society to listen to what they were saying. Mm-hmm. We just react out of fear to, oh my goodness, the black man rises. Mm-hmm. You know, this is dangerous. Um, Kaepernick, similarly, that with the kneel, you know, it's mm-hmm. it's 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 really analogous, I think. Yeah. And so. Uh, and I think that goes back to you were just saying, you know, the black man rises. I think that's what like root of it that's what they're afraid of i guess if that makes any sense that you know one day we're gonna have too much to say or one day you know we're gonna be and that will be equal i guess is you know their fear that one day will really really be equal and that's kind of which i think there are people in my generation who no longer feel that way so i think we're getting closer and closer to i guess that equalness but equalness the word is equality marcus um but I, i think that's that's what they're afraid of which is why you see them lash out in so many ways and come up with such wild you know like like the fact that they think what he's doing isn't patriotic to me that's a wild response to him doing something patriotic and i think that's rooted in you know we don't want you to become too comfortable we don't want you to feel like you've got too much freedom over here because that's not what we're about but right yeah and and it's how does protest even fit in you know so Mm -hmm. you know in researching this chapter that i'm writing the the reactions in places like Howard University, mm-hmm. which uh, had, I would say, the dominant reaction was to join in kneeling, mm-hmm. and cheerleaders did that, mm-hmm. and and it became woven into the tapestry of what is a beautiful, uh, 
um, spectacle in American life, which is the historically black college football mm-hmm. Saturday. It was just, you know, and so it was no problem. It was protest. That's part of life. Mm-hmm. And so the, it, it just, it was seamless. It was, it was knitted into the day's events. Then you go to, uh, oh, I don't, let's pick one, Kennesaw State. Right, Kennesaw mm-hmm. State just down the highway. And some cheerleaders wanted to take a knee. Mm-hmm. And, oh, my goodness, convulsions. Yeah. This cannot happen. This cannot be. And uh, so the university did everything it possibly could to make that not possible, mm-hmm. including keeping the cheerleaders off the field until the national anthem had been played. Mm-hmm. So that, so even in the sense of, of, of history, tradition, culture, you have these different worlds. And n- never do they meet. Well, all right. That was good. That was deep. I'm glad we had it. I'm glad we talked. Uh, thank you so much for being here today, Dr. Carroll. Uh, well, can you, I say one last thing? Yeah, you go ahead. Do I have time to say one last thing? Yeah, I think, so we talk about the first, you, you were in media law, and we mm-hmm. talked about the First Amendment and how, how every generation has to decide for itself what the First Amendment is going to mean. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I mean, it's like like, like evolution. We think that, well, we put, a, we put the man on the moon, so surely we can dot, dot, dot. No, yeah. we didn't put the man on the moon. You and I, if we had to put the man on the moon, that man would be dead. Couldn't do it. Well, I couldn't do it. You couldn't do it. I don't even want to go to space. Right. So every, every generation has to learn certain things for itself, mm-hmm. and racism is one of those things. Yeah. It's not like, oh, well, Obama became president. Racism is over. No, every generation has to be able to identify, root out, and extinguish mm-hmm. racism for itself. Mm-hmm. And I think that's what we're seeing yeah. in this debate. I think you made a good point. Like, a lot of times they'll see somebody like Obama or Oprah or whatever, and they're like, oh, well, then everything's good now. And it's like there are literally millions of other people who do not have that access, who did not have that opportunity, who aren't going to – have the same not even not to say that what Obama and you know Oprah do individually is easy, but they're not going to have that same path because of you know all these different blockers. But that's a different conversation, different day. Um, <laughs> thank you for being here. Uh, yeah, that's it. Uh, thank you guys for listening. Uh, please leave us some comments and questions and things like that. Let me know what you think. Uh, all feedback is great feedback, and we'll see you guys next week.